make it a rule never to get involved with possessed people. Actually, it's more of a guideline rule. And I know what I saw, and that's not what you're telling me what I saw. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. This is Josh, and joining me again is my good pal, Jason Kupsik. How you doing, pal? Not bad. Busy morning at work, but I could always find time to get away. Hell yeah. <laughs> Step away from the job and go talk about some spooky crap for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. I love it. What's new with you? Um, I mentioned before on the podcast that I don't think I had a date. I still don't have a, a certain date, but I'm going to be on 98.1 FM at 8.20 on Tuesdays, probably starting next week. If not next week, it'll be the, the week after that, but it's before the end of the month. That's going to be sweet. Yeah. And you're just going to be Can't talking wait. like all things paranormal, basically? Yeah, he basically wants me to bring up a couple of different paranormal news stories like recent ones Heck and yeah. uh we'll talk about it and he says he's a skeptic and that's cool and it's, you know i think it'll be a lot like you and myron right oh, right you might be able to hear the <laughs> sirens in the background they test them every wednesday i'm gonna roll up my windows oh that's cool whatever no big deal so the topic that we were going to tackle today um is pretty interesting. Now, me personally, okay, I, I, I initially heard about this crap, and I, I, I don't know why. I, I instantly became like this skeptical person, like there's absolutely no way that this could happen, ever. But I remember um, sitting down and watching this episode of Ghost Hunters, and they went to, I believe it was Ireland. And yeah. as they were, like, investigating in Ireland, they, they were told to, uh, to watch out for the fairies. And I was like, what? Like, we think fairies, and I think, like, Tinkerbell. You know what I yeah. mean? And apparently in Ireland and other parts of the globe as well, uh, a fairy is something entirely different. Um, in Ireland, it's kind weird. Of, uh, yeah, it covers a bunch of different. It really does, and it's it's so weird. Like they believe one hundred and eighty percent in fairies, and to the point where if they are building like a new house, they will specifically set the stones. They will set out stones where they want uh, like the corners of the house to be, and if they come back the next day and any stone is disturbed in any way, they think, oh, the fairies don't want me to build it here and they will relocate um, their their building site or whatever. I mean, it's very fascinating stuff. 
Um, but anyway, on this episode of like Ghost Hunters, they were in this forest, and you can specifically see like a couple investigators off in the woods with a thermal imaging camera uh, pointed directly at them. So you can see their heat signatures walking through the woods. Now, what's interesting about it is you see then behind them uh, figures that are, I mean, a quarter of their size following them. It was like three figures behind them following them. I remember that episode. And then it looked as if like the three, I I forget specifically what happened, but it looked like the three like morphed into one and then it just disappeared entirely. Yeah. I lost my crap. Right there, because whatever it was, like following them, it appeared to be like humanoid in shape, you know? Yeah, they had little legs, if yeah, I remember right. Yeah, dude. I I was blown away by this. And that got me thinking. I mean, now, do I necessarily believe in fairies? I, I've never met one. I don't know. You know, I have no idea. If I had an experience like that for myself, I would probably be. You know, even more on board. But this definitely got me questioning my initial thought process. You know, um, it was it was just very interesting. So, like, needless to say, regardless, we're going to talk about fairies and uh, what others call like little people. And, and I mean, there's a zillion different names out there. Yeah, fae folk. Yes, exactly. And so, is a kind of encompassing term, right? And so. Uh, you, now, Jason, um, you said that you had uh, a few stories for us concerning these things. Yeah, I looked up a few different things that I found interesting. Um, a few different stories around... Let's see, I have three different ones. I'll start with one in Canada. Oh, Canada, now, sweet. Yeah, this is... Um, I'm just going to read what they had written there. And it's verbatim from what they wrote. So Sweet. When I was six years old, i just moved from England to Canada. One night, I woke up and saw six or seven little men. They seemed so friendly and asked me about my toys on the floor and what they did. What, what amused them the most was my stuffed bunny rabbit at the end of the bed. When I showed them that it had a zipper and that's where my pajamas were kept they cracked up laughing what they stayed a while but my greatest memory of them is how happy they were okay so okay so this is painting them in a in a positive light yeah like they're there they're just checking out his shit and then they they have a good laugh and then they're on their way like uh-huh. wow man now how so like how old? Seven of them. Wow, dude! How old was? was six. Okay, he was six years old when it happened. Okay, that's that was my question. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's young enough to distort the memory a little bit, but something like that is definitely something that would stick around. You know, and that's what I was gonna say. Is like I don't care how old you are. You know, I remember the first time I actually got like in trouble, like in deep trouble. You yeah. know. Stuff like that kind of sticks with you. Um, you know, and I was, it was traumatizing because I had disappointed my mom and I, you know, pissed off my dad and it was things like that. And that's, that's what stick, stuck with me anyway. So, I mean, I could see that, 
But at the same time, yeah, like how much of it may or may not have been distorted, um, especially in the mind of a six-year-old. I have no idea. I have a daughter who's six, and I know she does, you know, love to embellish. But if something traumatic were to happen to her, like I know for a fact, like she remembers all sorts of weird shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and she can remember stuff that I mean, being all honestly, I I don't even remember like waking up this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's it's amazing to me how sharp she is, you know, at this age. And I, I could see that if something traumatizing were to happen, she would probably recall it fairly accurately. So I don't know, though. Yeah. So and they're, they're like in the in this story, they didn't mention this person didn't mention that they ever saw them again. Right. It so was, was just like that just one, one night encounter. they came into the house and a lot of the stories that I've read over the years, they're, they're really curious, whatever they may be. Sure. And maybe they were just, you know, who, may, who knows, maybe they came into the house often and they only saw them this one time, but they were fixated on this, on this kid's toys. Wow. It's, it's pretty impressive. And there was no, um, I don't know, like any description as to how they may have looked. And I, by looked, I mean how old they were. Like, did not they did they look one. old? Not in this one. Okay, okay. I it mean, says, that's what's well, always. And he said at the end that the the most the thing he remembered most about them is how happy they were. Well, that's nice. I mean, at least they weren't like weird, scary. Like, I I don't know. I think of like uh, the movie Leprechaun. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, Cat's Eye, son of a bitch. Now you got me thinking about that. Oh, my God. I totally spaced Cat's Eye. Jesus, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch that movie. Holy crap. Yeah. Holy crap. That's amazing. All right, so let's go on Let's go on to another story then. I want to hear... Right, uh, I have one in Oklahoma. Okay. And this one is from a Native American or the per- husband of a Native American. Perfect. So, like, I wanted to incorporate that somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, they, he writes, my wife is Cherokee. Their grandfather used to say that his father was an avid fisherman. So, it was his wife's great-grandfather. Okay. And loved to fish in the Deep Fork River located in Oak Mulgee, Oklahoma. The river is full of catfish. The story goes that he would trade some of the fish he caught to the little people of the forest for berries. Wow. He described them as being about a foot and a half tall and dressed in animal skins. He said they lived in caves and in large trees. Wow. And that kind of goes along with um, John Quince. The guy that was at he was at the Kansas City conference, right? And he his most of his book has to do with Native American stories in that area and in Arkansas, which is is pretty cool. Like the whole like Native American connection, because I know like you know you and I have met uh, a Native American man who who is claimed. I mean he he sat down and had a conversation with them. Yeah, and it, this stuff blows me away. It absolutely blows me away. So, 
But anyway, so that's a common thing is that they live in caves and trees and um, they'll actually trade and barter. Right, and as they did with uh, the fish. In that area of the country, anyways. So this guy would trade his catch, his fish, uh, or at least a portion of, of them for, yeah, for yeah. for berries. I mean, that's very interesting stuff. And again, though, that would paint them in a positive light. You know? Yeah, at least in the sense that they didn't just attack them and take it. Yeah, and so, like, if I'm walking around the woods, though, um, and I if I were to ever come across, like, I don't know, five or six of these little things who were, I don't know, humanoid, number one, probably dressed in some form of clothing, number two, like, I might freak. I, I very well may, I very well may freak out. I think I might run (laughs) whether they're nice or not. I'd probably run away. Yeah, definitely. I mean, (laughs) there's these two are, you know, seemingly portrays them as nice, but majority of the ones I've heard over the years, they're the tricksters and they want to trick you into coming with them. And, I mean, there's stories in John Quinn's book that people disappeared for years and thought that it was only a few months or a week, and and they were with the Fae folk at the time at trying to, like, go to one of their parties, but then they come back after the party, quote-unquote. Right. And the people said that they've been gone for a couple of years. See, that's insane. Now, were these people... I mean, like you said, they had been gone like a couple of years. Is there any account of them being malnourished? Did they look the same? Um, um, most of, from what I could gather, what they described the person, they hadn't changed. And I mean, because, I mean, two years, there can be significant changes. Yeah. You know, in that amount of time, pretty much anything you could fathom. Um, that's just crazy. That is crazy stuff. Well, and the basis, or the, the center of John's book is he actually found out in the woods, and it was, I think it had already been found by other people, but yeah, there is a rock carving of a, I said, I think it's about two and a half feet or two feet tall Indian right, holding right. something in his hands. And it's only like, a foot and a half off the ground wow. is where the center of it is or whatever and um, it's right in smack in the middle of where a lot of his stories come from now he has pictures of this stuff too doesn't he yeah in and he his actually book. gave me directions to get out there and he was just out there the other day he told me oh cool me updated directions and he um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong but he put directions uh, like in his book as well I mean, well, he didn't put them in the book. He realized he said he realized afterwards he didn't. So he printed out little slips and put that in the book. So oh, okay. Yeah, okay. you could get the directions from him, but he didn't put it in the original printing of the book. That's very interesting stuff. And that book's called. It's kind of got. It's called Once Upon a Time in Arkansas, and then it's subtitled 
tales of encounters with the little people in Arkansas and neighboring regions. So now my next question for you is, are you going to go hunt that shit down? <laughs> I, I plan on it. I want to go out there and find it probably sometime this winter when there's not so much underbrush. Right, right. Because I know, like, if anybody's going to go into the woods and try to track this shit down, it would be you. I mean, you're very comfortable in the woods. Yeah. I'm, I'm the but, you exact know, now opposite. After talking <laughs> about the 411 stuff, it yeah. makes me a little uncomfortable, but I still... <laughs> Still, it's not going to stop me. Um, are you going to Are you going to put like a small team together to go out there? I definitely could. I would invite anybody to come along. I think it'd really. be I think it would be cool. Um, that would be a lot of fun. It's in northern Arkansas, which is only yeah four hours away. Yeah, so I mean, it's not that bad. You just have to, you know drive and get there and that's it it's, it's pretty good and he, he definitely goes into detail about uh, different sightings in the region and I'm not going to give them all away because uh, people should read his book oh absolutely um, and that guy's name that is, guy's name is John Quince by the way um, yeah you guys uh, can you find his stuff on Amazon and all that fun jazz uh, you know I'm not sure but I know he's on Facebook perfect just find John Quint and yeah tell you how to buy his book because it's it's very very interesting stuff because like i said before the i don't know all the fairy and fey folk type stories that i have heard have been from across the pond you know at yeah. ireland and things of that nature but i had never heard of anything like that around this area um like we said before you know we have arkansas that we just heard about we uh had canada you know, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it's at least in the neighborhood of where we are. Yeah. Well, and he, um, you know, he goes into detail on, like, fairy rings and other things of stories that people have had in that region. And a lot in Oklahoma. And I, he has one personal one that he has at the beginning of his book. So when he had in the, I think it was the 70s or the 80s. Is when he had an encounter of his own? Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. But I actually have a story right smack from my own city in KCK, Kansas. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, wait. This was in Missouri. Okay. In in Kansas, in Liberty, Missouri, which is part of Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Kansas City, Missouri. Sorry. I'm getting confused because I'm looking at this. It says he moved from Wyandotte County, which is Kansas City, Kansas, to oh, Liberty, Missouri. I see. Which I is see. on the other side of the border. So, okay. Uh, this one's a bit longer, and I'll just, I found this article online, and I'll just read what I have written down here. Yeah, man. Fire away. His name's Dan. It says Dan's family moved from Wyandotte County, Kansas, to Liberty, Missouri in 1948 when he was about nine months old. His family didn't know it, but something already lived in the house on High Street. The house, the stucco bungalow built atop a hill in the 1920s, wasn't the only structure on the site. There was a spring in the basement. The site of the spring was the site of a large farm from the 1860s through 1914. Oh, no way. A barn still sat outside the two-bedroom house. 
in that house in 1952, which would have been four years later, Dan saw something that was that has haunted his mind since. So he was, according to this timeline, about five years old. Sure. And this quote from Dan. I'll call him a troll because oh. that's what he reminded me of. Sure. Dan said. Okay. Dan, four at the time, napped in the same room as his two younger brothers. Both of the brothers were in cribs when something woke him up. He realized that he and his brothers were not alone. Oh, It shit. was an old man with a long beard, large nose. He was about three feet tall, standing at the foot of the bed. Said what he. the hell? The little man wore German lederhosen and held a smoking pipe in his hand. As he stood there looking at Dan, he smiled through his beard at the kid, winked, and disappeared through the closet door. Fuck that. No. Later in life, Dan's mother told him he would often talk about someone no one else could see. As a child, she said he had imaginary friends and called him Goss, G-O-S-S. Okay. Dan also remembers one night around the same time looking out his bedroom window at night and seeing a bunch of little people around the old barn in the backyard. Wow. So this is from North Kansas City, and I'm sure that that this property is still there. I would guarantee it. I would guarantee it. Now... Huh. So, okay, it's interesting to me because now we have two stories that it seems like uh, they're, they're younger children, you know, about yeah. the, he was four. The other one was six. Um, what was interesting, though, is he got into a little more detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he describing was being, what they were. He was being were. interviewed, like, uh, I think the article was from within 10 years ago. So he was wow. older now remembering this. Wow. Dude, oh my gosh. That's crazy stuff. Um I'm trying to trying to think here, I guess. Yeah, I mean the later hosing? Yeah. And like, like what the hell? A smoking pipe that sounds like a typical little gnome. The it does. typical garden well, gnome. Yeah, I'm thinking like Travelocity dude right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh it's interesting though because he was the only one that could see it. Or well, the other, the two brothers the, at the time were a lot younger, and the, I didn't read the whole article. I don't have it in front of me. But he said that there was odd. I don't know why I didn't write it down. He said odd things happened over the years as he grew older, but he never saw the same person or the same little person again. Okay. Okay. But he said he looked out the window by the barn and saw them like there kind of congregating. Yeah, kind of like congregating or whatever. Yeah. But he Which smiled and winked. He smiled, smiled and, and winked. winked. And then he said he didn't just like poof disappeared. He just took off through the closet door and he was gone. Okay, that's terrifying. That is like absolutely terrifying. Because you think about it, oh, it's terrible. Like, ugh, yeah. it scares the hell out of me. It scares well, me. Well, I, um, I heard a couple other stories that I don't know where they were, but they're 
are close to the similar thing in the sense of looking out the window and seeing me. So there was a lady that, I think it was in like the 1930s, 40s, who was at a camp, but the camp had cabins. Okay. She was off on like the end of the road, the last cabin down the line, the closest cabin was like two or three hundred yards from where she was. Sure. And she came the next morning and was asking the manager why all these little kids were running around her cabin. What? And she could see outside and see them, but it was too dark to see their features. Oh my god. And they were just like out there <laughs> like walking around her cabin and talking no. and, and, and doing like just hanging out there. No. <laughs> Maybe they were like conniving. See, that's what I think, man. Oh, I don't know why my head immediately goes to the fact that they're up to no good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that I don't know why. I don't know. All I do know is like, yeah, you think cat's eye. You think leprechaun. And it's like, God damn it. <laughs> it's well, like cat's eye, it was trying to steal yes. the little kid's breath. Like uh, the um like the night terror kind of thing. Like yeah. the, the old hag kind of thing. Yeah, the night hag stuff, yeah. Which is terrifying. Well, not Stephen King, but yeah. Right, I right. Mean, um what was I going to say? Oh, <laughs> there are some things they say that can help you out. And John especially said that if you're in the woods and you're looking for something and you become lost, you should take your coat off, turn it inside out, and put it back on. And it's supposed to confuse the little people that have a spell over you, and then you'll find what you're looking for. And he said in his book that he actually had that when he went out looking for this the stone carving one time he got lost oh man. he was with some other people and he knew he was in the right area but he couldn't find it and he remembered so he turned his coat inside out and he found it like a few seconds later what the hell see you think about that and and that's my I guess my biggest reservation is the fact that I'm always thinking they're up to something. They're up to no good. And that right there would be a prime example. They're trying to confuse you for whatever reason that may be. But being lost in the woods, that's like no laughing matter whatsoever. Like that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. And that happens every freaking day. You know, it happens all the time. Um, But that's... That's just well, weird. Well, you like experienced people that know areas will get right. Like turned around and. Well, make sure then that if you are in fact wearing a jacket, make sure if you ever get kind of turned around, just to flip that shit inside out. Because <laughs> we need you there's, to come back. <laughs> yeah, there's other things I've heard that like certain little things you could wear, or maybe you should bring something you can. If you ever run into them, you, you, see, you can give them. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If if there was anything that could be, I don't know, offered to them, like as a as a peace offering, so to speak. Um, Snickers, Snickers, sn- I bet would work. They enjoy like the sweet stuff. No, I was just joking. Oh, it's like uh, you, you give them a Snickers, they'll turn into the real person instead of are. like Joe Pesci. Or- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. We should get some money from Mars now. Yeah, we should. Those sons of bitches. 
Oh, my God. But, yeah, I don't know what I would do if I ever ran into a little person out in the woods. I mean, you'd be scared, but I also feel like, well, I could take him, but he's probably magical and could cast a spell on me. Yeah, after I tried to kick him, he'd already, like, disappeared, be behind me, and, like, burn my butt with a tiki torch or something like that. Like, I don't know. Something mischievous, anyway. They have little knives. Their fingernails are probably pretty sharp. You'd see... I don't know, like, even the smile and the wink really got me, it gave me goosebumps. Yeah. And it, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's that scary of an occurrence, but that right there is like it smiles, it winks, and then it runs away off into a closet and just literally disappears. But no. Well, I I read another story, actually, I think I heard it on a podcast few months ago about and I might get some of the details wrong but the overall gist of the story I know there was a little girl that lived in a house with her mother and father like a log cabin in the woods sure and it was some years ago some time ago and she would want to the little girl would start wanting to set out food at night at dinner time for the little people that would come into the house and you know the mom just thought it was nothing and so they started doing it but she would tell the mom that the only way that they would come in and get the food is if they weren't watching this but they'd put it in a different room and then go in the other room and they'd come oh. in and food would be and they'd come back in later and the food would be gone okay uh, the mother one time said that she walked in and there were rats eating on the food. Oh. And she figured, oh, that's why they disappeared. You know, the, 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 the little girl insisted that they were little people. So they kept putting it in there because it made the little girl feel better. And in the meantime, and one night, the, getting infested yeah, with rats. <laughs> and one night, the father put a rat trap in there uh-huh. next to the food. And dinner time came around they put the food in there put the rat trap in there the little girl didn't know about it obviously and then they're sitting down there and all this commotion breaks loose like all this noise comes from that room and the mother runs in there and there's a little man with his leg trapped in the mouse trap what and there's another one trying to help him out what and she said that what the little girl told them was that to adults they can make themselves look like other things wow so and then the, basically, you know, like they, they were disguising they the, themselves as a rat. Yeah. So he, what the mother said was, that the other one got loose right after she got in there, and they ran off, and they they would put food out again, but they never came back. That is freaking crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously they're not going to come back just because. I mean, obviously now they yeah. they don't trust these these people. Mm-hmm. But that's freaking nuts. So, even so the next time you see a rat or even like a mouse or who knows what little animal outside your house. Yeah. I mean, rats aren't, I, I don't think I've ever personally seen a rat where I live. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't either. But who's to say that the raccoon that's in the backyard or, or whatever, the squirrels yeah, are not little people running around. Wow. Freaking wow. I mean, dude. maybe that's why there's so many goddamn squirrels everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. See, and that's weird too because I the squirrels around my house, they will literally come right up to you. Um, 
they've been around forever. They're just not afraid of us. You know? Yeah. They will literally just come right up onto uh, the porch or the stairs or wherever we are. Like, it's it's weird, though, because uh, I don't necessarily want them around. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's cool that they're comfortable, I guess. But, damn, man, now it, it makes you think. Like, yeah, maybe know. they're just trying to get you to take them into the house as pets. I think I think what I what I need to do is I need to investigate this because it's almost like I, I'm on the cusp of believing and not believing, and I want to believe, but I can't quite fully believe yet. Those stories yeah. are amazing, though; they're absolutely incredible. What I think what needs to happen is we need to go try to find one of these some bitches. <laughs> We need to go out and yeah, I mean, and figure this out. Definitely, people that have written about ways to attract them. See, I, this is what we're gonna have to look into: ways to attract these little dudes, and then figure out where we, we need to get thermal and go out in the woods. Yes, I'm all about that. Except for the woods part. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll protect you. Thank you. No, I think um, I think what we need to do is like, yeah, let's figure out what part of the continental United States is has the most sightings. Well, I mean, there's an area not too far from us, the Ozarks, and that right. extends up into you know central Missouri. So exactly. it's not that some of those areas aren't that far. That's awesome. I'm sure we could find other stories around. I just found a few of them to talk about today but and you know but they're fascinating stories uh i think yeah we need to figure this shit out <laughs> we need to go there and and i don't know like conduct some form of investigation um like you said though you're definitely going to need like some form of thermal imaging equipment um night vision or whatever because it seems like a lot of them don't really come out until nighttime. That's what I'm gathering. Yeah, there's a lot of them that people say are nocturnal. Wow. Um, but nothing I've truly... Seen videos. I've seen a few videos, and yeah, they're YouTube videos, and they could be manipulated, and they probably are. They have but videos out there. one that... Um, you should check out if you haven't seen it, and people out there can look up it too. It's, yeah. Uh, the title, if you type in "real gnome sighting," real gnome sighting. It looks like a little garden gnome running across the street, like with the stopping. hat and everything, like the hat. Yeah. Holy hell! And I, I think, I think if I remember right, they're speaking Spanish in the video. What? Um. Not the not the gnome, but the, the people in the <laughs> filming the video. And yeah, I mean, it's got the orange light from a street light, uh, one of the sodium lights, and it's running across the street, and it stops, and it, it's the exact same shape as the garden gnome. How fast is it moving? It's moving pretty fast. I think it's it stops and looks at them, just kind of checking and them out one maybe last time. Like maybe like twenty thirty yards from them, and then Whoa. it runs into a bush. And it's just gone. Yeah. And most like most of the ones I've seen that particular video on are like compilation videos. And a lot of the other videos are, are crappy and clearly 
manipulated. Right. But I've seen that one standalone, and yeah, it, it, I'm not an expert in, you know, telling if videos are fake or not. Sure, sure. But this one looks looks seamless. Wow. So I mean, it, it's. <laughs> Yeah, here's what we're going to do. It's probably fake, but it's interesting. Well, I'm going to find this video, and when I post the show, um, when I post the show on Friday morning, we will put that link in the comments section on the Ectoplasm show, which, um, yeah, that's that's exactly what we'll do, and then we can do a little discussion about it. Yeah. Because that's freaking nuts. I, I'm... I'm anxiously awaiting seeing this um yeah that'll be good i can't wait to watch this thing it, no it, it, it say it again what was it called it was uh real gnome um I, if you looked up i uh, they have a bunch of different ones and they're all titled differently but they're okay. the same they have the same video in there and it, the last time i looked when i was doing research a few weeks ago for this podcast was i just typed in real gnome sighting dude this is gonna be amazing that is going to be a And it's one of the options. You may have to go through a couple. But the particular one that I find the most interesting is it's an orange glow from the light. So typical, if anybody knows what a sodium light is. Right, right. Illuminating the street. And they're kind of bouncing around on the camera. And then they stop and there's a little gnome running across the street. See, here's where I always go. When, when somebody films anything. I always have to ask myself, okay, why did they turn the camera on in the first place? Um, you know, what were they out there doing? Like some people, yeah. especially with like the UFO type videos that are out there, um, it's it's weird. Like, what kind of camera are they using? Why? Why is it? I don't know. Like, it's just weird. I have to ask myself a zillion yeah, I don't know if, questions. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know if. Because I think they're speaking Spanish. Okay. And, and they're they're sitting on a picnic table, and I don't know if they're just filming what they're doing or if they turn on the camera because they see this thing. It's amazing. And see, nowadays, though, nowadays, everybody and their dog has a camera that just fits literally right in their pocket. Well, yeah, you can have it on in, in less than a second. You exactly. Touch of a button and it's going. And then you know, uploading or whatever to whatever site you choose is just as easy. Yeah, but I, I know that this one's at least been out there for quite a few years. Wow. At least probably more than five years, because I remember seeing it a few years, like a while ago. Okay. Quite a while ago. So, I mean, five years ago, yeah, you're still in the uh, the smartphone age still. Yeah, so. uh, yeah I don't... I don't. I mean, I'm sure I could find an origin date for it, but I, I, if I remember right, it's, I've seen this one quite a few times over the years. This, this is amazing to me. Um, and like I said, you know, we can, uh, we could go hunt one of these and see if we can. I absolutely stumble. want to. Oh yeah, dude. And uh, we can offer as much crap as we possibly can somehow try to let them know that our intentions are pure like we're not going to collect them and put them in a jar or anything of that nature I, I, I if this is absolutely true I want to have like I don't know some kind of conversation some kind of interaction at the very least yeah we could go out and find like what they call fairy rings with the, the mushrooms and there's usually a depression in the middle and that's supposed to be where 
to say folks they can go there and that's like their transfer point to a different dimension so to speak see this is where they can go there and they can go to where they come from this is is what I've heard see and I think that's where part of these stories lose me is that they're you know these uh, interdimensional type beings that can basically you know travel like what you were just talking about you know yeah different points and, and to and from where basically wherever they wish that's the part that I have a problem with because well, I don't other people that think those fairy rings are where they live and when they're there they uh, can be invisible but maybe they don't really travel anywhere but when they're in that area they can be invisible I mean that's just one wow theory, of course okay so I'm gonna have to do a lot more research on this too then but yeah I think it would be worth worth our while I think it's definitely something people should talk about more yeah. around here because if you're if anybody is delving into the paranormal world you, you, me personally yeah it, you know I don't know if ghosts are real or not but you can't just dismiss everything else that's out there as far as the little people or I would put them in the same classification as Bigfoot or right. mermaids or... Yeah, exactly. I Do mean, you... like you said at the beginning of the podcast, they're very prevalently known. I don't know if that's a word, <laughs> prevalently, <laughs> but they're very prevalent in Europe. Yes, they exactly. everything from ghosts to aliens to... A lot of them attribute every phenomenon, paranormal phenomenon, to the little people, to the bay folk or fairies. And they've also been around but, longer than we have, too, though. Yeah, and they're they're still taboo to talk about. You're in even in paranormal circles, right? In the U.S., which come on, let's be honest here. We are paranormal people, and we talk about some crazy stuff. Yeah. And it, it's only a matter of time before, you know, shit just starts getting weirder and weirder and weirder. Especially when you research things and then you bring up something else, you know, like ghost hunting might lead to cryptozoology or whatever. And then you start digging into all of this stuff with, um, like what you said, you know, the fae folk, the mermaids, things of that nature. I mean, it's only a matter of time before you stumble across this stuff and look into it. You know, but yeah. we're we're paranormal people. You know, this is this is kind of our bag. This is what we do. So, I don't I just, think I people don't should dismiss how it. You can I don't think they should. In the possibility of one and not exactly the other. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like people shouldn't dismiss these things so fast. Um, there's a lot of weird shit that happens in this world, and a lot of weird shit that we're never ever going to have an answer to. However. You know, we can still work towards those answers, and I think that's a very important thing to do. Um, so I don't think people should dismiss all of this crap so fast and be like, "Oh, a fairy," and turn their nose up, and then go fucking hunt ghosts or anything like that, or then go chase Bigfoot. It's like, come on, yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? It's like, where's the hardcore proof of any of this shit? It's not. It's it's personal experiences. That's what it is. It's all personal experiences. That's what it is. That's what it boils down to. 
So yeah, I actually I absolutely want to go hunt for these things, and I want to have or at least try to have my own personal experience. Yeah, and that way I could bring that to the table. That's that's what I think we should do. Damn, this is interesting stuff, though. It's very very cool. But anyway, I think I'm going to wrap the show up. There is one thing I want to bring up real quick that doesn't have to do with little people, but I wanted to bring it up in the last podcast and I forgot. Oh, yeah, go. There was another incident of some assholes that got drunk and broke into. It was an unused facility, but it was still a ruin of a church. They actually had to physically break into it. So it was was locked. And they were called ghost hunters in the media. God damn it. Yeah, they do this, man. Ugh. The media puts us in such a terrible light. So anybody that gets drunk and goes or, or on drugs or whatever, and they yeah. go into some place and say, oh, we're looking for ghosts, they're called the same thing as some a paranormal team going in. Yeah, so let that be a lesson to all of us out there. Uh, if we go out and we get drunk or anything like that, I mean, Only, even if you're not drunk, even if you're just breaking Yeah, just don't break place. in. If you're going to go someplace and investigate, make sure you either, one, have permission, or two, you own it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, God dang. I hate it. It just keeps happening, dude. It just keeps happening. Yeah. I mean, people just, I don't know. I don't know why so many people think that rules don't apply. You know? Well, because they they're not paranormal investigators or they're not they're not even technically ghost hunters they're just people looking to have a good time yeah thrill seekers that's it man yeah that's it they want to go and they want to get the shit scared out of them they want to go home go to bed and that's it (laughs) i mean uh, i love it i love it but yeah then the the media comes and says it's definitely their fault but the media is what portrays it in the same light as any other ghost hunter which sucks man which just fucking sucks because again here we go you know it's setting the field back now and people are going to look at this um especially people uh maybe in the religious community and just scoff even more um but whatever i guess that's that's the the world we live in apparently i hope i hope one day it gets better i don't know (laughs) but on that happy little note um Let's see. We are at the 9th of September as I record this, right? The 9th? Yeah. So we will be releasing this episode. It will be the what, 12th? Is that correct? No. It'll be the 11th? 11th. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it'll be the 11th, um, which means we only have a couple weeks left to live, according to everybody. Um, yeah. You know, and honestly, I think we should talk more about that, too. Maybe we'll talk more about that next episode, but I want to do another we, conspiracy show. Yeah, we missed yes, we did. conspiracy episode. Yes, we, we did. did. The 50th episode. So we need to do it up right. We need to do the conspiracy stuff up right. Um, but yeah, let's let's keep the uh, let's keep the fear levels high for. for <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God, if you put the world is going to end in the title we'll oh. probably get a lot of extra oh yeah hits. just watch it watch it go <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah guys thank you so much for listening check us out um on facebook 
We are uh, the Ectoplasm Show. We're at Ectoplasm Show on Twitter. And if you want to just like drop us a line, it's ectoplasmshow at gmail.com. Jason, thank you so much for, for joining us here today. Yeah, I love talking about any of this, anything, of course, but the little people stuff is really what I've been like jonesing to talk about the last few weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, it's fascinating stuff, man. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and it surprises me, honestly. It does surprise me that more people aren't out there you know, really trying to dig into this a little more, you know, whether to prove it or disprove it or whatever. Um, it's shocking to me. So if I think I, me personally, I think if you're, if you're going to call yourself a paranormal investigator, you should investigate all things paranormal. Well, even if you don't investigate it, so to say, you shouldn't dismiss it or you could at least entertain the thought for a minute. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, some of us don't have the means to, you know, just go out and, you know, drive halfway across country or whatever and check shit out. Um, and I'm definitely one of those people that cannot. Um, but I think it's very fascinating, and I think, you know, I think it should be That's investigated. The guy that more. was in California and New Orleans this month. <laughs> so, look. Shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was working, though. I was... I was hired on to do that. So those plane tickets. No, yeah. So those plane tickets that you those plane tickets were not purchased by me by any means. Yeah. No, no, no. Now the drinks that I b- bought on uh, Bourbon Street, that, that was all me. <laughs> and I regretted it the very next day. So uh yeah. <laughs> that was a good time though. But yeah, um we will catch you guys next week. And we will have some fun conspiracy stuff to talk about, uh, especially pertaining to the uh, the end of September here. So we will talk to you all very, very soon. Everybody, peace out. I make it a rule never to get involved with possessed people. Actually, it's more of a guideline rule. And I know what I saw, and that's not what you're telling me what I saw.